Can't get enough of the Let's Go Eat show? Do you want access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, exclusive videos, exclusive blogs, and the exclusive Make Mine a Double t-shirt? Did I mention they're exclusive? That means you can't get them anywhere else but Patreon.com. One or all of these things can be yours for about the cost of a double shot of Old Forester bourbon. Please go to Patreon.com or download the Patreon app and search for Let's Go Eat Show. It's super easy and will help us continue to make the Let's Go Eat Show for years to come. That's Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com slash Let's Go Eat Show. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Holly and Jace. If magic and pixie dust mean something to you, then come check out Broadway Media's newest podcast, Navigating the Magic. On this show, we talk about all things Disney. And even interview cast members to show what it's like to be part of the House of Mouse. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spreaker. See you real soon. And keep on navigating on. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Go Eat Show. This is episode number 5004. And uh, the Let's Go Eat Show has been on the air. Uh, well, we're not on the air. That's stupid. Uh, so this is, uh, we've been uh, doing this now for every four years. Uh, so this is episode number eight. And uh, we've been doing it for, again, four years. Okay. And now we have some special guests on the Let's Go Eat Show this time. Sometimes we're... Uh, I don't know. This the Let's Go Eat show is all over the place, really, in terms of guests and how we talk to people and who we talk to. And uh, this is uh, what you might think uh, be a very serious subject, and it is. But we still manage to talk about it with a certain amount of levity. Uh, I hope you find it interesting. These women were terrific. Uh, we're talking to three women who are with Wasatch forensic nurses we had the executive director here an actual forensic nurse and then one of the administrators they were kind enough to bring food to the let's go eat show i liked that and they were really good at talking about what they do dealing with rape victims and sexual assault victims but again it's not it's not as heavy as it sounds so please lend an ear to this episode of the let's go eat show it's uh, it's well. We, I guess we're starting. I we we just kind of ease into these things. And by the way, uh, so we're talking today with uh, uh, Wasatch Front. Uh, excuse me, Wasatch Forensic Nurses. That's the name of the organization. Yes. And and it's all. This is all kind of volunteer, right? You guys do. Do you guys do this for? Nothing. No, yeah? no? At, we're a, we're a nonprofit organization. Oh, it's nonprofit. That's it is. What I, yeah. Yep. And so we have a couple of people on staff that are administration, gotcha. and we have thirty nurses 32. who are on call. Thirty. Yeah. Thirty-two nurses yeah. on call. Yes. That's pretty cool. Now we'll talk about what. Uh, well, let me introduce you individually. Uh, Deborah Coons is the executive director. Uh, Nicole Batten is one of the nurses who is on call. Yes. All the time? No. Well, I do. I do work as a resource nurse for the team. So there's a nurse on call, twenty four seven, and if that nurse has a question or if another patient comes in and reports that they've been assaulted, then we need to find another nurse, and that's my job. Mm. So I do that about two weeks out of the month, and then I do take call on myself to see patients. Uh, and then we have Mikkel Eldridge, who is uh, who is the, administrates all of this and keeps the gears going. I and, do indeed. Yeah, and makes sh- so so to be specific about what what we're talking about here, we're talking about uh, these women and thirty two nurses or uh, and one male nurse. One, we, got, we have one man nurse. Mm-hmm. There should maybe 
Well, we'll talk about that, too. That would be a difficult situation, I would think, when someone, a woman, and it's almost always a woman, mm. has you know been assaulted. They, they don't want to talk to a man. Well, we have males and females are both assaulted. And transgender. Mm-hmm. But More and more. So I think that um, for all of us, when we go in to see a patient, we all have to kind of assess the situation, adapt to what that patient needs. And our male nurse has been a nurse for a long time. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he, we haven't had any problems. He's not the first male nurse that we've ever had on the team either. It is, it is odd. And it's, it seems to me it's even part of the problem when we talk about sexual assault. That when we, have the te- when we talk about nurses, it pops into our minds, it's a woman. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about doctors, it pops into our mind, oh, it's a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I guess less and less, there are more and more women doctors, and there are probably more and more women, or male male nurses. But uh, it seems to be that female, and, and so so Wasatch forensic nurses, you deal with all types of assault, not just rape. It's all types of sexual assault, so it could be rape, but any other sexual assault and strangulation as well. We um, our team is educated and were exper- their experienced nurses in, in strangulation which occurs quite often what you're talking about is i choked her out yep yeah you choked me out right sometimes it's done done uh between couples because they want to do it but if it's consensual it's yeah, one thing if it's yeah. well if know. it's consensual i'd still still advise against it but yeah. there <laughs> because it can go wrong but, yes but there you um yeah, how, so do you, how does it how do you all get involved where do the how do the reports of sexual assault get to you and who wants to t- field that Mikkel? so what happens is we have um answer phone we have a, a phone number that whenever a patient contacts law enforcement or goes to an, an emergency room and we see patients in Utah and Salt Lake County. So Salt Lake County from LDS all the way down to Mountain View and Payson. So whenever a patient goes to an emergency room or contacts law enforcement, law enforcement would send them to an emergency room. Mm -hmm. And then the hospital, the charge nurse or whoever will call our answer phone. And then Nicole or whoever's resource nurse will send out the nurse who was on call. And then our nurses need to be there within an hour, so the patient isn't waiting very long. And then um, they, like Nicole said, assess the situation. And um, exams can take anywhere from two to ten hours. So this is uh, so. So essentially, the victim, in in whatever case it is, uh, is not examined or dealt with very much by by anyone at the emergency room so they wait for you experts specifically yes nicole it depends if a patient goes in and there's question of like uh, strangulation or if they've been hit needs to be stabilized medically stable mm -hmm. they need to be medically stable to withstand the exam and the exam typically i mean i know mikhail said 10 hours but that's really rare typically an exam takes two to four hours and it really depends on how the patient's dealing with it um, and then, but we go in and um, we will do our exam head to toe assessment, ask them questions, and um, we have the hospital staff there all the time in case we need them. How are the questions? 
Uh, and I don't know if we want to talk about what they are like specifically. Do we want to? We can. Uh, yeah. Some of what they are. I'm just wondering how the how the questions you ask it's become sort of standardized. I would assume how so, how they were developed and what some of those questions you ask are. So the questions, you know, one thing I love about this is it has changed from when I started doing this in 2006. Mm-hmm. to now because the way and the knowledge that we have of taking care of people of the survivors of sexual assault has changed and what the crime lab can do so the questions have kind of changed a little bit over the years but they're pretty much we need to know what happened to them so that we can gather possible evidence we can take pictures of any injury and document it but so we'll ask him you know did his mouth touch you anywhere or is there a place where his hands squoze your body because now we can swab that area on their arm all we need is one skin cell get a little dna there huh just one skin cell for a touch dna now to get a profile the tip of a pen all they need is a tip of a pen sized um, and that only checks for the YSTR. So if it excuse me, no, stop. Huh? <laughs> okay, you can't, you can't do that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you, can't, you can't. I know you guys deal with this all the time, but you can't say, well, typically the YSTR because we go the what? The what? I, I'm yeah, sorry. That's when you lose the belt. We're out of that. So, so what is that? So that's just you know, it's it's the YSTR is we're checking for the Y chromosome. We can get one skin cell to get a profile on that perpetrator. It would only ch- get for men perpetrators. Um, the uh, the typical, when you're talking about DNA, is the STR, and that's what can be put into CODIS, and mm-hmm. you need more of a um, specimen to and get CODIS that. And CODIS is the, the overall database. Database, database for... So what essentially what you are doing when you do this is you're putting together what has been known in the news as the rape kit, yep, right? Correct. You, you are, you're using something called the rape kit to gather evidence. And I, uh, I, I picture it as a little, a little we box or something. We yeah, oh, yeah, it that is. would be it's interesting. It's, but it's like a little box mm-hmm. you take with you, and it's, it's pristine. It hasn't been opened. Mm. Uh, and you then open it up and start dealing with the situation. And what, what's, uh, let's talk to uh, uh, Deborah Coons, the executive director. Oh, and by the way, these nice people brought food for us. Where'd you get this stuff? At Cafe Espresso, they have the most delicious um, filled croissants. Dylan, did you like that? I did. Well, I had a ham and a gruyere. Gu- I'm going to check uh-huh. out just see what's that in there. That is a, a gru- tomato a parmesan right there, Bill, that no, you're going to open. Out. What's this one? Ham and gruyere, gruyere. gruyere and gru- then there's a plain. I don't think you want the plane. You probably want the. Is that a plane? That's a plane. I want to. Yeah, okay. I'm going to try a well, piece. I'll try a piece of this. You know, you guys used to do too. the Let's Go Eat show at a restaurant. Right. So we, we still thought do we'd bring the eats today. That's smart thinking. Yeah, we, we've been doing that more now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I cut, This was a more serious. Yeah, topic. and we, well, you know, you guys got us in quickly. So it thank just, you. It, <laughs> that too. Yeah, it we just, did it. It was. It, we, as were a bribed, you. we were bribed with food. It's not laziness on my part. Nope. Absolutely not. So let's get back to the rape kit. And, you know, and I. You know, I said uh, it's a serious topic, but I think we can talk about it with uh, directly, and and there's no, there's nothing wrong with um, discussing it in a in a normal way, Absolutely. rather than in the you know stentorian tones of mm-hmm. well, it's so you know because we, we're not good at that. We're, we, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, uh, Deborah, the the rape kit itself, talk tell us what it's like. 
So, um, and Nicole can probably fill in the blanks here, but so the rape kit has um, a number of envelopes and swabs, and we use that to collect the um, evidence and various parts of the, um, of the patient's body. Mm -hmm. um, and we collect their clothing, we package that up, and submit that as well. Um, anything else you wanna fill in on the contents? The, well, the envelopes, they, they all are labeled for certain areas and things that we can collect. Mm -hmm. We can always add to it because there's no cut and dry mm -hmm. case. But um, we do, um, the kit will also consist of the clothes and um, urine, blood, mm -hmm. things all like that. Around. Yeah. A tampon if that happens up. to be. Uh, sure. any, any semen samples mm -hmm. that might be there. Anything. Maybe I don't want to eat this now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but it's very methodical, yeah. and it's uh, collected in a way that our, our forensic nurses are trained specifically on how to collect and capture all of this evidence. I would assume the, um, they're trained on the, the science of it, the, the, the mechanics of it, but there also has to be a lot of training about the, how you do this, and at the same time, you're dealing with a person here who has gone bit in trauma, who doesn't want to be touched, who doesn't want the, mm -hmm. I, the last thing this person may want is to be touched or, so you've got to deal with that. Yeah, one, one thing that we make sure that our patients understand is that they're in full control of the examination. If they don't want us to move forward and do something, then we will go around that area. They're, no means no. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, they've, they've been through something where all of this control has been taken from them, and that's one of the wonderful things that our nurses do is give them back that control. And I wish that, you know, that just popped into my mind. If you can somehow convince the victim, you know, by assenting to this, you are actually taking control of the event. Right, mm -hmm. right. It's important for them to be able to say no to part of it, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I go in there, and I have in my head, because nurses are anal. You know, we, we like to set things up and, mm -hmm. and, and do it in our way. But for this, it's important to remember that it's not, no exam is the same. Mm -hmm. When I enter a room, if the patient's like, I want to start with the pelvic first, I'm going to get that over with, I'm like, cool, we mm -hmm. can do that. We'll go backwards. We'll do whatever mm -hmm. we have. But it's also, I tell them, and if at any time, I do or say anything that makes you uncomfortable, just tell me and we'll do it different because they, they need to have consent and control the whole time. And the patient also has an advocate there from the Rape Recovery Center. So that's an important thing to know that they have someone sitting at the bedside by their head helping them so the nurse can do what the nurse needs to do. I, I did a Let's Go Eat show a long time ago Mullen. with Holly Mullen. Yeah. And we talked about, coincidentally, Holly Mullen was one of the best guests I ever had I uh, in, in, in terms of uh, being very good at talking about stuff, but also very good at being able to eat at, and talk at the I same know, I time. Want, I want, <laughs> Bill, can you hand me one of those tomato Quit parmesan yeah, ones? Them. Thanks. No. I mean, that, that really, it's really funny. You do the Let's Go Eat show, and you know, we say, well, we want it to just be like you're sitting down over a meal and talking. And people do that all the time. But they get a microphone in front of them, and then they say, they feel like they can't eat. Mm -hmm. They want to they talk with their mouth, food in their mouth or I something. You'd spit all over it. No, you won't. I might. Well, I don't, <laughs> we don't care. We'll just take that thing off and throw it away. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the uh, a rape kit. Deborah. Uh, so all of this uh, stuff has been collected um, and bagged and tagged and all of that. And then it goes where? The cops we, take yep, it? Yep. We hand it off to law enforcement. And from there, it goes 
and is presented to the crime lab. And then they put it on a shelf and forget about it. Yeah, well, <laughs> not anymore. Not, yeah, well, that's what I had. That's what I wanted to talk about. Like you, I hear a lot of people talking about. We have all these unprocessed rape kits in this country. <clears throat> yeah, it's not just Utah, as it turns out. No, now we started world, hearing about it when they. When it came to four in Utah, and then other states said, "Yeah, it happens here too." Yeah, yeah. yeah there's um, uh, out of House Bill 200 um, came the Sexual Assault Kit Initiative, which um, now mandates that all kits that are presented are going to go through the crime lab. That doesn't mean that the that the the survivor has to press charges legally and move forward with law enforcement, but that the kit will be tested. And also as a part of that, we're looking at kits that were not tested before. So going back and reviewing all of those old cases. How old are some of them? Or have some of them been? Boy, um, I think I could from be what I remember um, a handful of years. Yeah, you know, ten back years, more, sure, or more. Sure. But we have gotten some hits. In fact, I was just meeting with uh, a police uh, officer. Uh, kind oh, of, sorry, yeah, I was meeting right with back. a police officer from West Jordan um, about a kit from 2010 mm -hmm. that had been tested, and it popped up. And it was. What does that mean? It popped up. Somebody, in POTUS, in the, in the, in the database. database. Somebody popped up. The, in CODIS. In CODIS, sorry. Not POTUS. Not POTUS. POTUS oh. that's president of the <laughs> well, United that's States. That's another topic, right? Yeah, well, I we mean, won't. we could connect yeah. that, but we won't. So, so, it, so uh, a DNA sample mm -hmm. popped yep. up in the, in the database, and I said, oh, this guy's been yeah. arrested for something else. Yeah, and the. Guy, I, you see? Could be. You see? Yeah. How we. We, I do it. Just, I'm bad, man. I'm bad at it. I try to. I notice that people don't say actress anymore. Mostly, they say, they actor. say you, we're all actors. Mm -hmm. It's not actors. So, um, well, you know what though? You're at least you're catching yourself. That's yeah. you know, say it, but catch yourself. Yeah. So, so the the alleged perpetrator mm -hmm. popped up in the database, right? And the victim decided to move forward and really mm -hmm. and so who knows after, after a long time right and who know who knows what's going to happen and but the cool thing is is that we might be catching serial mm -hmm. perpetrators by testing all of these kids you guys i don't think uh, have anything to do with it or or maybe you do encouraging the victim to go forward with uh, anything well uh, oh no! Like no. W like when we're there with mm -hmm. the exam, encouraging the victim, it's it's completely up to them. Mm -hmm. But Utah is a mandatory reporting, uh, reporting state. state. So, ah. go yeah. ahead. You explain well, that, Deborah. What we what we collect has to be passed on. But um, you, so when somebody goes in and and reports that they have been assaulted, sexually assaulted, it the, the ER it has to report it to a law enforcement. Okay. It's same with a like a gunshot wound. Yes, always has to be reported. And it's we do have a thing in it um, that they can talk to us. They can have an exam done, but they don't have to have an interview with law enforcement right then. They can wait um, if they're between eighteen and sixty-four. Then they can have a choice to do a non-interview because that is considered to be a competent adult under. What about over sixty-four? You're elderly. And you're a vulnerable well, person. And so they, you have to have an interview? So you have to have law enforcement interview and get involved there. But um, so that is- Ageist, that's ageist. I know, I know. I, didn't, I don't tell my mom that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. But, but so they can do a non-interview, but it has to be reported to law enforcement. All right. Uh, and then um, I w I've been, I'm curious too about, sometimes there, there is sexual assault and 
the person who has been assaulted doesn't come forward right away, doesn't go to the hospital, mm-hmm. doesn't, and then days later, weeks later sometimes, decides, what, you know, why did I do this? Now I'm, I could do it. I can go report this somewhere. Um, is the same process, you so, go through the same process as best you can? So they, we, we do get that quite a bit. They'll still go into the emergency department and they'll still report it. They'll give us a call and our, our protocol is if it's been over 120 hours, so if it's been more than five days, it's really, it doesn't, we really can't collect evidence. If they have like injury, if they have bruising and things like that, we will go in and talk to them and document that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will make sure they still get resources, still have them call either the Center for Women and Children in Utah County or Rape Recovery in Salt Lake County, um, just to make sure they still get those resources. Mm-hmm. They, can, they can report at any time. You, uh, now of the three of you, you are the only one here who actually goes, uh, Nicole, I'm talking about, that who actually goes and does this. Yes. Um, how, why? I mean, it, <laughs> I, mean, I so, mean, it has to be done. And I guess like any medical professional. So that is, you are not the only person who asked me that. That is, um, I get asked that all the time. And my answer is, is because I f- you know, we all have our niche in this world. I've done ICU, mm-hmm. code blues. We know what ICU is, right? Intensive okay. care. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Dylan's okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and I've worked in med surge. And when I did this, I just felt like this was my niche. Um, I, I feel like I'm helping that one person. I'm able to make them smile. And um, the more I do it, the more that's what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the uh, well, let's finish up kind of with the rape kits. I want to go back to that. Uh, the um, so there was this uh, imbroglio, if I could use a word, the only word that comes to mind, and I know it's a big word, and I don't this mess with the rape kits that they were not being tested. Why were they not being tested? What was the excuse given? Who wants to, does anybody know that? Boy, that's a tricky question. I think that depends on who you talk to. Mm -hmm. Really? Really. I think that if you talk to um, law enforcement, everybody, you'll get a different answer. That was, it was one of those situations now that I think about it, wasn't it? That uh, that there were fingers being pointed from, no, he did it, no, they did it, no, she, no, no, this department had to, no, it was the state medical examiner, no, it was the police department, no, it was the... And the thing is, is we don't want law enforcement to be the decider if this truly happened or not. We, you, know, you know, though, Mikkel. Yes, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> because I love working with law enforcement. I don't think, I think that they're getting more educated. We're mm-hmm. all getting more educated and it, they're doing better. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a shit thing. It didn't, they didn't get tested. It, depending on who you ask, we all just kind of figured out, hey. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's expensive to test a kit. It is, you know, a lot yeah. of time. So, it takes a lot of hours for the crime lab. And that's that's taxpayer money. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and when, and now we know where we went wrong in this and and they're getting tested so i'm hoping that um that that will just help i've I've had patients tell me why should i even do this you're not going to do anything about it anyway breaks my heart because now i can at least say look 
your kid's going to get tested. Honest. Yeah. And one of the things that we're adding because of this initiative or is being added is that the the victim or the survivor can now track their kit to see where it is. In fact, Wasatch Forensic Nurses is being uh, working as a part of a beta program to upload kits as we hand them off to law enforcement into this system. And then I think they're targeting July or sometime this summer when they'll open it up so that the victim the, will have a special they'll like, be able to code log in, or something. Download an app. Yep, they, they'll be able to see exactly where it is in the process. I guarantee you there will be many who don't want to. Sure, but, but it may give but, them the sense it's of there. control back yeah. in, in their healing process. It may give them some control, like, okay, I know my kit is being tested right now at the at the crime lab. I know it's now done. You know, maybe in the healing process, it's important for them to gain control where they felt they, they had no control. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's not a quick process, too, to test those mm-hmm. kits. Mm-hmm. So it, it can take months. And so that's a way they can keep checking. You mean checking. to get to it? To get, I don't know what or keeps it the back. Problem. I think it's the manpower. I'm, but <clears throat> to backlog. Yeah. And money. Yeah. Listen, I, uh, Dylan and I have a mutual friend who just died at a young age in, a, in an accident. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's pretty. But they, <clears throat> I said to his his parents, what well, you know, you know, what a funeral. Well, we don't know because the body's at the medical examiner's office because, you know, he was young. Mm-hmm. So they just have, and it was an accident, but they just have to make sure nothing untoward happened. I guess this is the medical examiner's office, and there's a backlog. Yeah. So we don't know when we're gonna. That to me, that's almost unconscionable. That that. It yeah, because there's a prolongs the agony right. in the body, and if the same thing happens here with these yeah. these rape kits, it prolongs something that should be taken care of as expeditiously as possible. And I agree. So there's more lobbying to be done, maybe for more, and it's probably a matter of money. Mm-hmm. We don't have the time. We don't have the money. When you know, there are. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but there are charity organizations, groups of nonprofits who will do the testing for donations. You can donate money to causes to get rape kits tested. Well, I'm not, is that correct? I don't so I'm, I'm not, not familiar with that. Hmm. I'll look it up. Well, you guys, okay, cool. you guys talk about whatever. So how, you've been doing this for how long, um, Nicole? Eleven years. And how long have you been involved, Deborah? I've three months. Three months. You're yes, new. I am brand new. You're, you're brought on to uh, oversee everything and yeah um, the administration a, and operations be, and Mikhail, you've been involved almost three years you know. mm-hmm. so uh, so we'll talk to the veteran and she, yes. she's on the lines that's why we brought her <laughs> how you know, she's the, the the grizzled veteran of the, yeah yeah you got cigarette hanging out of her mouth <laughs> you know, yeah I've that seen it all, all kid over. yeah um, how how has the nature of these crimes changed? Do you have some sense of that? No. It's all, or has it always just been the same? There, so <laughs> there's nothing the same about them. I mean, the, a lot of them are people we know. I think that is what kind of shocks me each time is like who's doing it. It's, it's an acquaintance um, or someone they know. Mm-hmm. But every time I go and take care of a patient, there's just it's different. I don't have any expectation when I walk in that door. Um, there's, it's everything is so individual. Are you seeing um, more? We mentioned early on transgender, for instance. Mm-hmm. Is there more of that? I've, 
I have seen more lately mm-hmm. of that, of the transgender and um, and male mm-hmm. and male patients. and men being assaulted. Yeah, it's and I think there's more men that are assaulted than actually come forward. And I'm hoping, yep. mm-hmm. yeah, that we can we can make it easier for them too. It is so. It is. It's knowing the male psyche. I know it way better than I know the female. Um, You're prideful. At, well, it's it's like... Uh, I want to appear weak. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's probably... It may be actually somewhat the same. You you don't want to... It's, sh- it, it's shameful, and you, and you don't want to... Uh, you know, why would somebody do that to me? Mm-hmm. What, was I doing something wrong? Was I, you know... Was I said, and, and you know, so many f- men are afraid of being gay. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not gay. Hmm. I'm not. You know. Yep. Uh, and uh, it, it's just a very difficult, uh, deep wound on the male psyche when something right. like that happens. I think. Yeah. yeah. I guess as I've gotten older, I don't. I you know, I don't care. People, you know, in the radio, in radio, sometimes people say you're gay or you're this or yeah. And I said, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> if you want to think I'm gay, that's you, you that's know, fine. Though, that's it's it's universal. It's yeah. men that are feeling like they are yeah. for shamed for some reason to come forward. Women, um, it's everyone that's being uh, being afraid to come forward, and that's one of the critical points that we feel that um, can help to. Um, the safer we make it and the more accessible we make it for victims to come forward, no matter who they are, when they feel like they have a somewhere to go that it'll be confidential and that they have control over who, when, and even if they speak to authorities, that's going to make the difference um, to allowing them to come forward. Also, going to where that victim is, and that's one of the things that, as a mobile team, Wasatch Forensic Nurses does, is we go to that victim. So they're not told, oh, you gotta go over here to get a test. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to make it as easy for that victim Mm -hmm. to report. And what we're seeing is an increase in more reporting. Yeah, and that's, and I've heard those statistics, and that's terrific. If, uh, do you, um, what what do you wanna say to people uh, who are listening that might, have this happen to them? Where where do they turn first? Yeah, um, well, so if usually they're gonna go to their friends and their family and talk to them. And maybe what I'd first say to their friends and family is what they can say to them is really, I'm, I'm sorry, I believe you. First and foremost, I believe you. I'm sorry this happened to you and how can I help you? Those three simple questions when you're approached by someone who comes to you is going to change the victim's um, thought and feelings about going forward to get help. Once they do decide to go to help, I'd say go to either, if they feel comfortable calling law enforcement, go there or go to the hospital. Any um, hospital emergency department is gonna be able to help them and get in touch with us. Mm-hmm. So getting an exam, whether or not sometimes people feel like, oh, I don't have enough min- injury or for, you know, I don't, I shouldn't mm-hmm. have to go in. It doesn't matter. They still, we need to look at them and take care of them medically and, and the, the, because there are other things that can that we need to look at in addition to collecting the evidence. And I, I would probably, two things I thought about as you were talking, uh, when they go to the families and the friends and or whatever, uh, one other thing that families and friends should be aware of is say, and we need to make sure that you get medical help. Absolutely. So, And then the other thing that pops into my mind is, Sometimes uh, a victim, and I'll bet you see this, Nicole, says, 
I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. I think I was assaulted, mm-hmm. but but maybe I wasn't. I, uh, and uh, I don't know what what you tell them, but I would tell them if you think there's even the slightest possibility that you were, then you should go forward. I hear I hear them say a lot of the times that um, you, I think it's that they just can't believe this happened, especially if it was someone they know. That they're like, I, I really don't know what this was. Um, I think it's a process. It's kind of like a grieving process. When something like this happens, you go through your denial, your anger, your you know your sadness. It's a process, and it's going to take a little while. So when I talk to them, I explain that you know you're you're here. You survived. You're a survivor. You did everything right, which tell, because I know because you're sitting right here in front of me. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a process to heal. And Are you sure it wasn't my fault? So mm, you get that too. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the rape culture, and I hate that. You know, like um, I drink, I wear tank tops. <laughs> I, You're wearing one now. I'm showing my shoulders. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I like your tattoos. Okay, thank you. But you know, you can't. It's it, it, it's a rapist is the person that causes rape. You know, there's no rapeable offense. There's nothing I can do that's going to bring it on me. And um, that attitude I, with that rape culture, that needs to change. Um, she shouldn't have been wearing that short skirt. Exactly. exactly. And Bullshit. Bill and Dylan, what do you guys do to protect yourself when you walk out into the parking lot at night? I mean, do you think about all of the things that no. you need to do to Nothing. protect yourself? Actually, because I do. <laughs> do you? Okay. Cause Some. I mean, most, yeah, guys I, I, most guys don't. Most guys don't I keep my to. eyes open. <laughs> I don't. There's all kinds of assholes out there. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, do I need to have my keys out? Should I have my phone next? Like like I'm talking on the phone? Yeah. Should I no, not? You know, the vulnerability I a, of a woman yeah. is certainly greater. But it's not... A it's woman's an, issue. Well, and it, no. to act, to be honest, I f- have the opposite situation. I have the exact opposite. I'm a big guy. Mm-hmm. Like, so I kind of think, like, if, I, if it's a late at night or early in the morning and there's, a, like, a woman walking alone, sometimes I'll be like, I'm not going to follow her too closely. I hope I Thank don't you. scare I'm gonna, her. I'm going to just yeah, I do pretend like I'm checking a text here and she's going to cross the street. Okay, and now I'll walk. Like, yeah. Or like I, when I lived in New York and I'd get off the subway at the yeah. same time as a young woman and I would be like, uh, like I'll walk around the block. Yeah. You go, mm-hmm. I have to have yeah. the opposite thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, you're I, welcome because it's I kind of do that too because yeah. I don't want to scare anyone. <laughs> you know, God knows. But I wanted to go back to what Nicole was saying, too, about the patient. There's a neurobiology of trauma. Not all patients act the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, Some could be lying in a fetal position crying. Some could be completely blank. Some could be playing on their phone. You know, everybody acts different with trauma. Flight, fight, fight, or freeze. Flight or freeze. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so many different ways. So you can't. I mean, I guess. Well, that's what I was saying when I go into a room. I don't expect anything. Mm-hmm. If the person is there laughing, th- great, because you know we do what we got to do in in that time of trauma, mm-hmm. and all of that is based on previous experiences too. So there, there's no there's no judgment from us. You know, we know that everybody's going to react differently. Uh, and I'm not playing on my phone. I was just actually looking for some notes that about mm. about was, Wasatch forensic nurses. I was playing a game, but also <laughs> I looked. We're uh, boring him. Yeah, way to go, Dylan. What? I'm sorry. No. Um, <laughs> so there are charities like uh, uh, <clears throat> the Joyful Heart Foundation and mm. End the Backlog. Oh. That I've I've heard like people on other podcasts and stuff ask for donations to and they don't do the testing but like what 
Um, and the backlog will do. Mariska Hargitay. Har- 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. He that slaughtered one. that. I don't <laughs> <laughs> it's her fault for having that name. Jane Mansfield's daughter. Jane Mansfield's daughter, will. Uh, she started it. But they were more like they go around and educate uh, police departments on how to mm. deal with it. And they lobby local and national yeah. congressmen about awesome. getting that money to hire more people to mm-hmm. end that backlog. Yeah, that's one thing. In 2015, the Utah legislature adopted the um, Start by Believing campaign as an effort to educate law enforcement mm-hmm. as well as the community. And it's done wonders to bring more awareness so that when Nicole walks in and that patient is, you know, maybe she's laughing or something. It's like there's not one, one way that someone yeah. in this traumatic effect is, event is going to be acting. And so it's being aware that just because they're not acting like you think they should be acting doesn't mean that this didn't happen. And that's for all of us too. When someone comes to us and says they've been assaulted, are you, you know, you're not acting like you've been assaulted. Well, how is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, and I don't know how qualified you are or feel if you want to talk about this, but we talk so much about rape culture mm-hmm. in 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 America right now. Uh, gun culture we talk about, then it's rape culture, and and uh, and I think people have a sense that there's a lot of it happening, and maybe they have a sense that there's more of it happening than than there actually is. Maybe it's never changed. I don't know. But do you know? I do feel qualified to talk about this, Bill. Thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he was asking you. I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> like, that wow, Dylan, he, go he's for not, it. Was pretty good though. <laughs> I misheard who you were talking to. But <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know if. Well, I can say <laughs> that um, in 2016, our team alone saw 498 patients. In 2017, we saw almost 700. So more people are either coming forward, which yeah, I okay. like to believe that that is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I don't want to think that there are more rapes mm-hmm. happening, but we also know that one in not, one, one, in one three in, are sexually assaulted and one in six yeah. are raped. Yes. So to me, when people are like, oh, Nicole, I'm so sorry, you guys are so busy. I'm like, nope, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It just means more are coming forward. Yeah, and kind of on the tails of that, Mikkel, is that just January and February of this year, our team has seen 84% more cases than we saw the year before in 2017. I want to I, I go with you guys and believe that that is mostly more reporting. Mm-hmm. People feeling sa- safer about it and more reporting. All, uh, although I now can't it's, imagine it's, there's an 84% uptick in yeah. rapes. But it is, sh- it is shocking to think that s- so much of it goes unreported or mm-hmm. has gone unreported. Yeah. And it's the same, and I just read an editorial about this. It's the same thing with this Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. case in Hollywood. So, so who is so? So Harvey Weinstein is a monster, of course. But really, the people—it was the people around him. It was silent. the it was the other actors and actresses who who said, "Don't say anything. He's too powerful." No, the Don't people around it. the victims. Not yeah, the yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And and also some people around him who enabled him. But well, but it was the people around the victims who said, "He's too powerful. You'll ruin your career." Those people need to burn in hell, probably. And this happens in every work environment. It's not you know mm-hmm. just maybe at a smaller scale. 
I can, you know, that whole me, hashtag yeah. Me Too movement, I can think of many times in my life that I wasn't sexually assaulted, but I certainly felt uncomfortable and I, you know, felt mm-hmm. like, boy, he shouldn't have said that or touched me there or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so then the solution to all of this is to, how, do, how do we put you out of business? Mm-hmm. Uh, we never will, but um, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on that? I, it would be great if we were out of business. Do you have any thoughts on how we might change Education. some of this? Just I think um, one of the things is making it more readily available for victims to report. There's a study that they did um, with the U.S. military where they saw um, the number of rapes that were being reported dramatically increased and the number of rapes that were occurring decreased. So some correlation between the two with being able to, when they knew they could get out there and report them. So that is one of the things that we can look at is making it safe and available and ready for victims to to report. And college campuses need to step up. I mean, and that's kind that's of really a bad place. Yeah. 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 Like I know that in colleges there make you go through sexual assault title nine. Tra- training mm-hmm. to. That's. With but, all of the days of of um, your orientation, right? So how mm-hmm. much how much of yeah. that do you actually well, remember? I only did. I only yeah. was in college for like one semester when this very started. <laughs> they only. I mean, my last semester as a student, and it was a thing where it was um, it was online. You had to go and pass the a test module. online. It oh, wasn't boy. It wasn't in class. But no. I guess I have to believe. I mean, I don't know the people who rape. I don't know what is going on with that number. If it's going up or down, I hope it's going down. But what I what I feel like is going to help it go down are the men who are wouldn't really rape somebody, but who wouldn't have thought much about it or recognized it when they saw it, who or, or recognize it. Maybe that's going to happen. This guy is really drunk and he's being a you know he's right. getting out of control. I need to get him out of here before he. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I would hope that through education and, and all of this happening in our culture that the good guys are stepping up. To well, people yeah. need to teach their bo- young boys particularly. Exactly. Because it's mostly, I mean, we're trying to be general neutral about all of this, but it's mostly boys. I have two men. boys. I talk to my boys all the time. I have a 24-year-old and a and a um 15-year-old and actually stepson who's 12. And I talk to them all the time about consent. Mm -hmm. No means no. I don't care if you're halfway through Mm -hmm. the makeout session. She says no, you're out of there. Well, that just means she wants it. (laughs) Exactly. You know, in there there Uh. is, it's there. And it's it's hard. And as a young, when I was a young boy growing up, there was a lot of that in me. You know, there's... uh, yeah, and you, it's it's really hard to navigate for boys sometimes. You know, what are the messages I'm getting, and how, how what do women really want, and how do I do this, and all of that kind of thing. It's it's yeah. it, it's really it's tricky. But if you if you narrow it down to honestly, no matter how horny you are, yeah, if there is some sensation, some sense that this should stop, then stop. In fact, Dylan, get control of yourself, pal. You, you you sometimes ask for a song. I was thinking about that, and I thought, CSN, teach your children. You know, if you're going to play a song mm-hmm. on a break for this podcast, that's mm-hmm. a great song. Teach your children. You know, mm-hmm. just it starts with, you know, the home education and 
God, let's hope that school sex education, you know, finds their... Find, should really zero in on that We in really schools, should, too. yes, absolutely. And, I, they, and they don't do anything with it. They didn't, I'm sure they certainly didn't when I was in school, but they should zero in on it. And there, there will be people in the legislature who say, well, we can't be talking about that kind of thing to these kids in elementary school. But they know how to you put deodorant to. on. Yeah, you, but even, <laughs> even before that, you need to tell them, talk to them about yeah. this kind of stuff. It's just keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. I do that all the time. <laughs> and we'll take a break and play a song. <laughs> that was a, just a little dirty joke as I went. Yeah, good. Um, That's so, really. But we need to talk about a, a fundraiser, right? We do. Yeah. Yes, we are having a fundraiser on April 14th. In fact, one of the speak the speaker, Marty Licardo, will be speaking about he's hilarious, he's wonderful, he's fabulous, and he talks about the rape culture. He talks about a lot of the stuff that we need to know and he's going to speak at my son's high school. Um, I I hope that he could speak. I wish that he could speak at all of the schools around the state because he has so much knowledge and he's hilarious. Where's he's, he from? What is he he, he worked for the state of Utah. He worked for University of Utah for some time. But, I mean, his his audience is men and in educating them on all of this and and does great with, he started like out, said, with the younger. Yeah. He started out being an advocate for rape recovery center. You should get mm-hmm. him. Uh, get, get Marty, his, yeah, Marty, Marty Licardo. We'll, we'll get his Send information his and it'd I be will. good to get him on this, yeah, on this podcast good. and all. Yeah. Uh, or on the radio show. Yeah, or on mm-hmm. the uh, daily show. Uh, so, so you, <clears throat> the fundraiser, uh, and we'll talk more about it, um, but uh, that makes me want to ask you, and I am going now to ask you, <laughs> uh, uh, that was tortured. Uh, where does the funding for all of this come from? You have to raise money. Yeah. But uh, do you have some so over s- th- some tax money too? Um, well, we we receive some um, income from when when we perform a um, an exam or have a case, then we um, get some money from the Utah Office Victims of Crime. So there's some money that funding that comes in through that. But a th- over a third of our budget is through grants and donations. And then the rest of it comes in as we can with like um, when we testify, when we work on a, on a case um, with the DA. Um, you, oh, you'll get paid a little bit for we testimony. We do get paid a little yeah. bit for that. Do you go to court, Nicole? Do you have to go to court? I have. I've testified four times. Do you like doing that? I do. Mm. I do. I consider it an opportunity to get up there and educate. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk to the jury, mm-hmm. even the attorneys, and um, just educate them about um, just that case mm-hmm. that I was on the injury mm-hmm. I saw, uh, and so about a third of your budget has to come from monies that you yes. either uh, get uh, through grants and you, you write grant programs yes. and all that, yes. and then the, a fundraiser, and that's what I was looking up on my phone. I wanted to say, speaking yeah. of money, first, these exams are free yes. for the victim. Um, it's very important to know that if you are assaulted, you can go to an ER, and we will come and do the full exam for free. Um, it's no mm-hmm. cost to the no patient. cost to and follow up services as well, like working with the Rape Recovery Center, and, and we've mentioned them a few times. We need to really give a shout out to organizations that we work with that are uh, doing amazing things. And the reason why I think we're seeing more reporting lately is because of the combination of efforts between the Utah Coalition Against Sexual Assault, um, the Utah Department Department of Victims of Crime, the Rape Recovery Center law enforcement, the DA's office, I mean, all of these groups are pulling together. It's really, really making a, an impact to Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, fundraiser, Wasatch Forensic Nurses Fundraiser and Silent Auction, and it's not until April, April 14, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yes, and at the Marriott University Park or Research Park. Yeah, yeah. That one up there. Yeah, yeah, I've been to fundraisers, and mm-hmm. that's a good place to have it. Uh, and it's to help uh, survivors of sexual assault by a night of fun and uh, food and food cocktails. and, and cocktails and, mm-hmm. and Marty Licardo speaking and um, music. Yeah, we're going to mm-hmm. have some music, and you can get tickets on our website, okay. wasatchfn.org. And um, that will lead you right. There's a, a link to the ticket site. They also, the Marriott, um, reduced some room rates. So if you would like to take an elevator home, mm-hmm. you can. That's say, the best way to do it. I know, it. I know. That it, was, that it was really great of them to do that. So mm-hmm. they are offering some rooms if you would like to not drive home if you do want just to partake. Just a reduced rate to uh, just you know, have as many cocktails as yeah. you like and go to your room. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then drive home with a hangover the next day if that's what you want to do. Uh, it's uh, it, and this is you know this is the first time I've heard of uh, Wasatch forensic nurses. <clears throat> Although it makes sense, I guess I sort of knew you existed. Somebody had to be doing this, and it's you guys. Yeah, it um, used to be called Salt Lake Sexual Assault Nurse Examiners, and we changed our name two years ago because we're not just in Salt Lake; we're in Utah County as well. We're expanding. Mm. Are there uh, analogous organizations anywhere in the state? There are some organizations like um, a Family Justice Center or Safe and Fe- Healthy Families. Um, I mean, to help people like in the southern Center. part of the state with a yeah. Oh, it's not, yes. you know what I mean. Where it's, I see what you're saying. Mm. That here, yeah, up in Davis County and mm. down in St. George, Cedar City has their mm-hmm. own team. And it's important to know too that our team, Wasatch Forensic Nurses, trains sane nurses, sexual assault nurse examiners, twice a year. We have training, and it's a 44-hour training session so we do this and we've been doing it for 10 years or so and the total of nurses that we have trained over the years deborah 620 Mm. and where do they go some of them stay and work with you and some of them do if they're here or Mm -hmm. else let's say they're from roosevelt and they'll go to the hospital in roosevelt and be their forensic nurse there yes evanston we've trained nurses in evanston wendover you mean evingston evingston i'm sorry (laughs) yes we're utahns uh so that's that's and is that uh uh they pay for that training or is that free for them or how well ucasa utah coalition against um sexual assault has received a grant to help lower the tuition so they do pay a small amount this last class that was just a few weeks ago i think they paid fifty dollars and that is you know 44 hours of ceus and Mm -hmm. to be to be able to get the certification to be a sane nurse that's a pretty good deal and and there are is there no shortage of nurses who are wanting to do this they it seems like Our you classes haven't. are getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's good. I don't think people are aware that there is this team mm-hmm. too much. Like, um, I'm I'm surprised about how many nurses don't know that we are even here. in the profession know yeah. don't know about it. Yeah, because each each area does it differently. I I do hospital liaison work with Salt Lake County Hospitals, and I was talking to a director at um, one of our hospitals, and he he didn't. He moved in from out of state, and he was kind of, um, he thought it was really awesome how we go out and we see these patients, but where he lived, they didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And so even, you know, I educated him. So, um, yeah, we need to get the word out that we... We are the only mobile team in Utah. Um, Elsewhere, usually they have to go to a hospital, and then then they are sent to a clinic afterwards and that's what utah county was like until last may they were they went to a hospital in utah county and then they were sent to the gatmeyer clinic and 
how many patients did we lose between point A and point B? We noticed, so the year before, there were 100 patients seen in 2016, and just in the six months of 2017 that we were in Utah County, we saw 130. So, Mm -hmm. you know, those patients might not have gone Mm. to the clinic for many reasons, maybe because they were shamed. It's just an extra step. They were scared. It was an extra step. You just go, oh God, I'm not gonna do that. Mm -hmm. Or they were threatened, you know, you never know. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is excellent. Uh, It's really nice to know that that you're there and doing what you do. Uh, I wish you much success with your fundraiser. Thank you. Uh, if people want to buy tickets, they can do... Uh, Wasatch, F-N, as in franknancy.org. And, and can uh, uh, people use a donations? Can yes. people just, if they can't come to the event, just donate yep. from that site as well? Yeah, they was, can. There's uh, a donations page. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, if you're... Sometimes people think, you know, I'd like to support a cause, but I don't know what. I, I don't know what. What should I do? Uh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is something you think, oh, I could get behind that, really. Well, uh, I'll make donations to Wasatch Forensic Nurses, and you can adopt that as your cause and, and donate money to them. Yes, please. People kind of do that with you know, uh, yep. groups that need to raise money that way, and mm-hmm. they think, oh, that's going to be mine. I'm going to do that one and that's invest great. in it. And so I think that's a good thing to do. Great. Um, thanks for the food. You're, You're welcome. welcome. And thanks for coming here. And Thank you. I, I wish you, the, as I said, great success with the fundraiser. Uh, we've been talking with uh, Nicole Batten. Uh, she is a uh, nurse, a forensic nurse, uh, does all uh, how, 11 years of mm-hmm, 11 years uh, of uh, helping rape victims and sexual assault victims. Uh, Deborah Coons is the executive director, and uh, Mikkel Eldridge, who is the gadfly who sent, set all this up. I did. Yeah. I appreciate you doing that. FOP since 1995. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think I've been on the radio too long. (laughs) Seems like, you know, and now my children listen to your show, too. And I, uh, (laughs) (sighs) okay. Thank you all. Thanks, Dylan, for producing the show. Thanks, Dylan. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm Bill Allred. Uh, That's the Let's Go Eat show. Please remember, if you like the Let's Go Eat show, maybe you want to go to uh, patreon.com and search the let's go eat show that's a way you can get kind of extra speaking of causes to support yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah you can get uh, you can get extra content and things like that if you go to patreon and um, uh, i think that's it right yeah and just go if you're just stumbling across this show and you want to hear more of them we have a whole catalog a whole bank of shows um Probably too many. Yeah, we probably have... Too many shows. 200 shows or something in the bank, so you can go look through those and find things that you might like. Just go to theletsgoeatshow.com, and now we're finally done. I'm Bill Allred. And remember... And remember... Okay, I'm just trying to... I will never forget (laughs) to say, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double. Broadway Media Podcast Network. 